0: This Satellite Sisters podcast is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters for your free audiobook download.
1: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go.
0: You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. It's Tuesday evening. Ooh, so daring, Liz. We're we're just, we're mixing it up here yes, on Satellite yes. Sisters. You may notice that other voice is not Julie Dolan, the usual Tuesday partner. It's Liz Dolan in Santa um, Monica, California. Liz, I hope you have yourself a glass of wine. That's why we're, we're doing the night shift here. Yeah, doing the night shift. Um, the
1: uh, Well, you texted me this morning and said that because Julie's on Nana duty, she needed a fill-in, and uh, I wasn't really available by day. But here we are, nice little evening show, Lee. And we we haven't done this in a while. I'm
0: happy to be here. Yeah, it's great. Yes, Julie. Uh, Julie is in Brooklyn. She went on duty. She has a new granddaughter, Josephine. I don't know if you got a text of the photo yesterday, Liz. Did you see the picture of josephine? I may no. be the, oh, I may be the only one on julie's i I'll, I'll forward it to you um, okay. because Josephine got her first official pictures yesterday. There was a purple bow involved that was stunning, so that's all I have to say, <laughs> and she's already sporting some fantastic hats with rosettes on them, oh. so I have declared her um a tie with Fiona as best best dress. Best dressed in the next-gen category. I mean, fantastic. Okay. I like it. I She's like it. already surpassed Colin. I can tell you that. My children, they cannot hold a candle to what Josephine's wearing. But Julie could not be with us today. Uh, I guess mother and baby needed some extra care. So I enlisted Liz. But we, have a, we managed to have a full show because, Liz, you've had a dramatic medical diagnosis. We're going to get to that. <laughs> yes, um, yes. The, the West is on fire because it's – well, I'm right. on fire personally. It's about 120. Twenty-seven degrees here in Pasadena. It
1: was actually one hundred when I was driving home from work today, Leon. Like one zero zero in my car, and I'm here on the west side where it's always cooler, right? You know, I'm closer to the Pacific Ocean. It's always stinking hot where
0: you are, right? I don't think I've ever
1: seen it a hundred degrees in my part of town. It was but- one
0: hundred and three in downtown L.A. Liz record last last match uh 1909 so they just broke a record yeah 100 i mean that's nuts it's nuts and it's gross it's hot and gross <laughs> isn't it
1: yeah, but I know a lot of people are listening to us saying, hey, come on. I live in Texas. It's been this hot all summer. Right. I live in Arizona. You people are wimps, which I will happily cop to. Yes, I'm, I'm a wimp. I hate hot weather.
0: Yeah, it is September, though. So I think we and I know it's like snowing in Denver. So, OK, but it's hot here today. So we're going to talk about fires. We're going to talk about the NFL, possible commissioner there, because they certainly need a new one. Uh, we have more Scottish news, more news from Scotland, Liz. <laughs> That's uh, multiple news stories
1: from Scotland. Yes. But, you know, I I actually think this is exciting, this election coming up. I'm not sure, you know, like which way it's going to go or which way I would even vote. But it just seems major, doesn't it? Like not just some little local thing. It seems like a major world event.
0: A whole new country, Liz. Yeah. That is without a drop of blood being shed. I mean, I still don't understand that, like why we had to go to war and... Everybody else did, but not Scotland. But all right, we're going to talk about that. So that is Satellite Sisters for today. But Liz, when we last spoke two days ago, after the show on Sunday, you were off to urgent care because you had a touch of something. You thought yeah. you felt like you had a touch of something. Yeah. Yeah. Could, could you could you hear that I was a little wheezy on yes.
1: Sunday morning? Yeah, I woke up and I was wheezy. I had spent Wednesday night... Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, uh, which, of course, is your old stomping mm-hmm. ground, land. And so I had taken a picture of the Mangy Moose, the bar restaurant where you used to work, and I texted that to you, right? It was just gorgeous few September days in Jackson, Wyoming. Yes. Um, the downside was that I was with a group of colleagues, and the Friday activity was a major like hike at altitude and any kind of hike I'm skeptical of, you know, like
0: it's, I don't, I, I don't We're understand. not meant to hike okay let's just say it I mean our people are from Ireland there are no mountains in Ireland there are gentle rolling hills yes. I could walk all day long but once you start saying things like 2500 feet vertical climb I am yeah. out Liz I, I don't want to go up that hill I don't want to go down that hill <laughs> that is exactly
1: what I said to my co-workers Leanne like I don't like climbing up things and it's not any better coming down no it's not it's really not and I knew that in this hike we were going
0: on started at 8,000 feet. Well, that's not right.
1: You right. Tra- Remember
0: Jackson, it's Wyoming, the town of Jackson, I think is at like seventy-two, seventy-five hundred 7,500 feet, just the actual town. You're already right. really at altitude when you're there. Yes. So, uh, and it, Having lived there for a couple of years and seeing, you know, civilians would come and it would just kill them. Like, the altitude sickness was very real. They'd get up on the top of that mountain to ski at, you know, almost nearly 11,000 feet. It would kill people. I mean, people were, like, they couldn't ski for the first couple of days. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, it almost killed me on this hike on Friday. It really, you know, uh, I had expressed this feeling to you and you just texted back to me, hiking sucks. And I think... <laughs> Some people are just not born to hike.
0: No. Uh, When was the last
1: time you hiked? I mean, honestly. I mean, I know you
0: sort of walk around in Oregon. I walk around a lot. Yeah, Yeah. I like
1: walking around. But you don't go up, right? I can bend when I was on vacation. Yeah. A lot of walking through the woods. Excellent, yeah. A lot of walking along the river there, the Deschutes Trail there, right? Like, a lot of walking. I'm good with the walking, but no up, no down. Anyway, so this hike that we were on started at 8,000 feet and was going to 10,500 and uh, like oh, as soon as I heard that, I knew I was in a bad place. And about ninety
0: seven hundred feet. And about ninety nine percent of it is mental. I mean, yes. let's face it. I know. I know where you know. Having had to go on those vacations with my hike loving, you know, in law family, love hiking. I, it's just I I'm I'm not going to do well on the hike. We haven't even left our house yet, and I'm already emotionally I'm out of the hike. I'm done. I'm just done. I Can't stand it.
1: Well huh? at about at about 9700 feet we came to a lovely little lake and with picnic tables by it and I was sucking Wendley. And I was really like shocked at how bad I felt. So I just like, you know, I thought, listen to your body. I don't need, I don't have to prove anything to these people. I I, am, you know, I just had my birthday the day before I'm old. I'm not, I don't need to keep up with you people. So I decided to just- Liz though, that's
0: pretty mature. That is a sign you're old because a lot of people, those work things- they rile people up. It adult. is competitive. It's a work environment and, you know, you get you get nutty. Right. Well, I think under in a normal environment,
1: I might have pushed myself the whole way. But thank goodness I didn't because then, okay, I came back down. I came home Sunday morning. I'm still feeling wheezy. So as soon as we finished this show on Sunday, I decided to take a swing by the urgent care because it just doesn't feel right that I even back at sea level. I'm not breathing all that well. And it, it takes uh, Dr. Murray, the nice urgent care doc, less than five minutes to figure out that, once again, Leanne, I have pneumonia. <laughs> I uh, Pneumonia. No wonder I couldn't make it up that freaking mountain.
2: Pneumonia.
1: Oh. So I have, it's only in one lung, though. That's the good news. It's only in the right lung. And remember, I had it a year and a half ago? Yeah. And... Every once in a while in the ensuing year and a half, I, I know I have said out loud occasionally, you know what? I feel like I never really got rid of that <laughs> pneumonia. And so sure enough, the, uh, so the bad news is I have pneumonia. The good news is I had the ideal excuse then to immediately email all of my colleagues and say, you know why I couldn't climb the mountain? It's because <laughs> I have pneumonia. <laughs> It's because I have pneumonia. That's why. So, uh, so yeah, so now I've got the full on, I've got the inhaler, I've got the z pack I've got the codeine, uh, cough syrup, um, the full on treatment for pneumonia. I did not go to work. Monday, today, Tuesday, as you may recall from the Sunday show, I was supposed to leave for Turkey today. Yeah, you were on a business trip. Yes. And for a while, because I'm an idiot, I considered still going. And then I realized, well, that is crazy. So I talked to my doctor, my real doctor, not urgent care doc. And my real doctor, she agreed that that would be a crazy thing to even consider. So, uh, so I'm just laying low this weekly. And that's why I was available tonight. I'm supposed to I should have been on a plane tonight, but just laying low. Oh, one funny thing. So my doctor, my real doctor, when I talked to her, um, she said, uh she said, oh, where where do you think you got uh, pneumonia? Where have you been lately? <laughs> oh my gosh. And I said, Okay, let me think. The last month I've been in uh Guatemala, India. Hong Kong, Australia. <laughs> She's like, okay, well, then we're really not going to be able to figure out where you got it. Patient zero.
0: I think you are patient zero. Considering what you could have picked up in other parts of the world, Liz, pneumonia, not so bad. but I know. But I still, was... serious. I did have like a moment yesterday in the role of mom where I was like, I'm going to call Liz and tell her not to go to Turkey because she yeah. should not go to Turkey. Like, yeah. you don't want a kid around. It is pneumonia. Right. So, but you didn't do that, did you? I called you last night. Oh, that's true. Yes. (laughs) called
1: you last night. Yes. I, I must've been, I got a call from you and from my doctor last night in the 730 quarter. Yeah, it wasn't that late. I called you at 730. I I was asleep by that apparently because I didn't see any of those messages till this morning. All right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's my situation. Just a, uh, a touch of pneumonia. So, uh, so I'm laying low. And, uh, but luckily because I had planned to be away all week, I got nothing to do. Perfect. That's good. Great. So the calendar is, uh, is pretty clear, but, but speaking of not being able to breathe, uh, can we talk about the fact that the West is completely on fire again?
0: I know. I, I didn't under, I, just this morning on good morning America, everything exploded. There were like 15 fires all over the West. We just have had really hot weather and no rain.
2: No, that rain. can't be good.
0: That cannot no. be good. Yeah. And one of the fires is in the very famous, where is it, Liz? It's in Weed, California. Weed. They're, weed. The, it's,
1: they're calling it the Balls Fire. And But we talk about Weed a lot here on Satellite Sisters because when you drive from California to Bend, Oregon, basically you go straight up I-5. And then you take a right at Weed, right? <laughs> you get off in Weed, California, and boom, that road 97 takes you right into Bend, Oregon. So you go through downtown Weed, which is a very nice little town. I always get gas in Weed. Yes. I, usu- I usually get coffee or some kind of snack in Weed. And
0: most of the time at the Hilo Cafe. You've probably been There's to the a, Hilo. There is a cafe slash diner there. Yes. There are no national chains in Weed. You've got... On one side of the intersection. I mean, you get off the major five onto Tiny 97, so you got to go through weed, and it is W-E-E-D, so you can only imagine. The t-shirts are very hot sellers, (laughs) you know, weed t-shirt jokes, but there's the gas station on one side of the street and the diner on the other. Yeah, pretty much all yeah. you got in Weed. Yeah.
1: There's a motel six there. Mm-hmm. But uh anyway, so it was terrifying on the, the news this morning and again tonight to see that like half of weed has been completely I wiped out. That made me they, sad. They've evacuated the town. They showed the, a whole church that had burned down. Yeah, this is a little town. And uh, you can see that the fire just swept through there really quickly. So, so that is really sad. It makes me hard to breathe just thinking about, you know, all of the, all of the smoke in Weed, California.
0: Right. So, and those firefighters work hard. That's a very hard job, what they're doing in the middle of nowhere, trying to put out those fires in these temperatures with no water. So, all uh, can right. I, can I just say something about
1: that? And then I know we have to take a break. Like,
0: like a couple of weeks ago on the
1: radio, I heard people discussing, you know, kids who don't move out of their parents' house. Maybe it was Satellite Sisters. No, it was <laughs> <laughs> what are
0: you saying no
1: it was it was it was some other show and parents were discussing it and, and and it was a mom talking about her 22 year old son hadn't moved out yet and he was um he was working as a firefighter you know like a smoke jumper but he kept coming home and she was just getting a little tired of it and i gotta say i actually thought to myself He's a smoke jumper. Like, couldn't you cut him a little bit of slack? I mean, it's not like he's not not working. He's like, he needs a place to sleep in between fires and kind of, hmm. anyway, so just a thought that I had, I kept it to myself, but as long as we were talking about fires, thought I would just put that out there. Thank you, Liz.
0: All right, we are going to take a break. Stay with us when we come back. We're going to discuss uh, the NFL. I'm going to ask Liz if she were the commissioner because I believe she sh- should be the commissioner. So stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. It's Liz and Lee in here, and we want to thank Audible for supporting Satellite Sisters. If you love podcasts, you are going to love listening to audiobooks. And right now, today, you can go to Audible and download a free audiobook and test it out. You're going to love it. 150,000 titles you can find at Audible. Something for everyone. You just have to use our special URL. It's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Liz, you love audiobooks. You've been listening a lot lately. Which one do you want to recommend?
1: I love audiobooks, Liam, but the one that had the biggest emotional impact on me this summer was The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. It's his 1990 book about uh, boots on the ground in Vietnam, what that experience was really like. He got nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. It is such a powerful book, and this version is narrated by Brian Cranston, Leon. It will just it will just take you
0: away to somewhere totally new. You know what, Liz? We listened to that book as a family a couple of years ago on a road trip because it was an assigned reading assignment for my son before his junior year of high school. Oh, it's really? an amazing book. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's good for I would say late teens on up, even if it's not on your assigned summer reading list, it should be. That's a great recommendation. The Things They Carried. You can go right now to Audible and download a free copy of The Things They Carried and test out Audible for 30 days. That URL, again, is audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters, audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Thanks, Audible, for supporting Satellite Sisters. And thanks, Satellite Sisters, for supporting the people who support us. Thanks to everybody who has gone to Audible and downloaded audiobooks. Um, I know several of you now have become addicted, uh, and you're welcome. You're welcome very much. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It is one of my favorite things to do now because it's just – it's like a super lazy way to entertain yourself too. It's like even lazier than watching TV. You don't even have to keep your eyes open. You know, you can just lay on the couch (laughs) and listen. It's, it's an excellent way to, uh, to entertain yourself.
0: All right. Um, audible for forward slash sisters. Don't forget that URL. All right, Liz. Um, you know, there have been a lot of dramatic, uh, people on the news saying this is the worst week ever in the history of the NFL as if sort of that matters really, uh, right. in the scope oh, of the the human history. Right. Um, but I have to say, uh, last week we were fired up about Ray Rice, uh, and, but this week's story about Adrian Peterson, um, whipping his four-year-old son, you know, breaking the skin, leaving marks on his thighs and general area, I'm out of my mind over this story. Like, Mm -hmm. I cannot believe that one person could defend Adrian Peterson. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe that. And I just reject wholesale the idea that just because this is the way you were raised, that's some sort of excuse either legally or morally or emotionally for doing that. I mean, yeah, we were raised in homes where people smoked their heads off all day long. You don't do that anymore. You know, pregnant women drank. You don't do that anymore. They put lead in paint and we ate it. They don't do that anymore. You know, we drove around with no seatbelts and no bike helmets. And you know what? They don't do that anymore because that wasn't good for kids' health. They have figured out a lot of things in a recent generation. And you know what? Whooping children is not good for their health. I just, I'm out of my mind about this story. I cannot believe that he got uh, nary a suspension, a one-game suspension, and he's going to be back on the field this week. I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm totally shocked, and I'm shocked that he has any defenders at all. Right,
1: I am too. And that and when you see him like tweeting out his own defense and yeah, daddy's gonna teach you how to do things, really? You're a giant NFL player and you're gonna show a four-year-old, you know, who's boss. I think the four year old knows who's boss. What I don't understand, Lee, and from the NFL perspective is like sometimes they say, Oh, these people they have a right to due process. Well, in the Adrian Peterson case and also in the Ray Rice case. We are not debating whether they did it or not, right? right? I mean, they did it. Ray Rice punched his wife. Adrian Peterson beat his four-year-old. So at that point, you just figure out what is the punishment. You don't. You don't have to wait around to figure out if they are guilty or not. There is no doubt that they are guilty. So why the NFL doesn't have set rules for what to do in these cases why does it seem so ad hoc that sometimes it's the team deciding and sometimes it's the commissioner deciding and then the team can say one thing and then the commissioner says something else or the commissioner changes his mind it's really kind of unbelievable and it it makes me think that whether it's Roger Goodell or all of the owners and all of the people that run the NFL it's It's almost like there's so much more violence than we even know about that they don't realize how much they are underreacting. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Like we're hearing about a couple of cases. We're hearing about Ray Rice and we're hearing about Adrian Peterson. I'm kind of getting the feeling over the past two weeks that this is probably going on All the time. And it's like they barely even notice anymore. They're not even as shocked and appalled by it as we are, because otherwise, wouldn't they be taking much more aggressive action? Another day,
0: another indictment. Yeah. You know, I mean, they have had people indicted for murder playing in the NFL. So, um, oh, look, Mia barks at night, too. Just in case you're (laughs) wondering, remember, this is her mortal enemy. Goes by nine times a day. You've heard her in the morning. Here she is in the evening version. Still as enthusiastic, by the way. Um, The other thing, it just makes me think, and apparently, Liz, none of the leagues have set policies on this, which is kind of shocking. It just seems like with all the lawyers and the agents and the unions, at some point, some league, Major League Baseball, the NHL, the NBA, none of them. The NFL is actually, now that they're addressing it and setting some rules, this is actually progress because none of the professional leagues have this. But it just makes me think of the hubris of professional athletes. Like they actually think no one will notice or it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like this time people have to express that it does matter. Like, yeah. I am glad that Radisson pulled out of their sponsorship deal of the Vikings because they said, we like kids and we don't think people should beat their kids. Thank you, Radisson. Yeah, right. that seems simple. That it seems, seems like a simple really policy. simple. Hey, we don't think people should beat their wives. So I don't know. Maybe we won't advertise here because money – And advertisers and television dollars, that seems to be the only thing that registers with the NFL. And they've had plenty of, you know, like any population, take any population in any corporation, really, you know, you're going to have people that do get on the wrong side of the law. But it's finally the NFL is faced with the We have to deal with this. And the fans have to say it's just not acceptable.
1: Right. It's not acceptable.
0: Because
1: because we are in a position to say that. I was thinking, though, that like... Most normal companies don't have policies on domestic violence. Probably not. So, right. You know, so if, you know, if someone in my company was accused of, you know, beating a child or or beating his wife, would the company take action? Uh, no, the company wouldn't. But it's a very different kind of situation when these are players who are performing publicly every week and they do live on those sponsorship dollars and right. all of that. By the way, do you know how much Roger Goodell himself makes? No. I was, I was shy. In the last two years, Roger Goodell made
0: $70 million, Leanne. Seven I, zero. It doesn't – they make a fortune, the NFL. They make billions and billions of dollars. So it surprises me a little but not that much because, I, because they make so much money. <laughs> yeah. You know, the owners, they are really in business for like – the 24 guys that own the teams, really. Yeah. And and they all sort of huddle together to protect the owners. And then the players' union protects the players. They don't want to do anything that's going to, you know, upset the apple cart either. Because ultimately... Everybody's making a pretty good living off the NFL, even though a lot of those players you know they have very short careers, right. so at least the owners are making a pretty good living. But I just think as like human beings and parents and fans, we just can't accept that like mm-hmm. oh'm i just it's okay if I beat my kid and draw blood uh, and whoop him and I'm a six two two hundred and thirty pound six one two hundred and thirty pound running back, because uh, that's what my parents did what that's mm-hmm. just not acceptable anymore.
1: Here's another thing that really bugs me. When people say, well, the NFL has to get on top of this because they have a lot of women who watch the game. Wait a minute. I think men care about this too. right? The, The idea that somehow this is only a women's issue, that really bugs me. I know plenty of men who do not beat their wives and and do not beat their children and, and disapprove of men who do beat their wives and do beat their children. So I think women may be particularly sensitive to it, but the idea that, Oh, we have to, you know, we have to be nice to the women so we don't alienate them. That makes me incredibly mad. Every time I hear someone saying that, which is why the whole, Condoleezza Rice scenario kind of
0: bugs me yes you know people she has been she's been throwing that out there for quite a while that she's wanted to be commissioner of the NFL now her name is getting bandied about on sports radios as sports radio, I mean, she's probably as qualified as Roger Goodell. Oh, she sure. happens to be a woman. She's she's qualified. But Liz, what would you do if you were? First of all, I think you should be commissioner. <laughs> 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 would you even want that job? Oh, I, mean, I just think it would be, be a awful. terrible job. Yeah, it'd be a terrible job because you're
1: basically dealing with the owners. Well, you're dealing with such a high level of greed that I think it does. It has gotten them to the point where they. It's a game that's fundamentally about violent behavior. And it's not like I don't like football, but you have to admit, it's just all about people smashing into each other. You know, some of the other guys, hockey is up to a point, but there's, you know, the, so you have like a group of people who like their whole business is controlled violence. So I think it would be a very difficult kind of business to run. Well, if I were like, but if I were the commissioner, what would you do? Could we just start with a set of rules? Could yeah. we, like, I just think that, that shouldn't be so hard. Like, if you beat your wife, this is what's happened to you. If you beat your children, this is what's happened. If you murder someone, you are allowed to take action. There is a, you know, some kind of rule of basic conduct that they sign as part of their contracts. If someone has admitted that they, that they whooped their child till they bled and somebody called the police, I think you are allowed to immediately take action. Plus, this whole, the whole bogus thing... About the Ray Rice tape and that they didn't see it. I know. Are you kidding me? I know. We're supposed to believe that? I know. Can you imagine how many security personnel the NFL has? I mean,
0: just like, uh, no, you can't imagine. No. They probably had the tape within minutes of it happening. Somebody called somebody like, yeah, no, I I know. They're just all liars, greedy liars. (laughs) Greedy liars with the high ceiling for violence. You're right. It's a terrible job. Yes, terrible job. But you know, so so besides having a set
1: of rules, you would also have to have take all of those security people that you already have, fire all of them, and put security people in who are actually acting in the best interest of the game and the public, and protecting uh, the and taking action when the players or the owners, for that sake, commit these violent acts instead of using your security force to cover up right. what the uh, what is actually going on. Other than that man i you know i don't know it's a tough one and never mind everything they've done to cover up all of the concussion information i know you know it's it's
0: shameful it's it really kind of by the time i saw those photos yesterday of adrian peterson's child's legs and genitals i just felt defeated i was like what an awful organization and Mm -hmm. i know that most of the men that play in the nfl Don't beat their wives and kids, 99% Mm -hmm. of them. But the fact that they would look the other way, like on a consistent basis, it's clear, as you've said, that they've been looking the other way on a consistent basis for these issues for years and years and years. Just hoping nothing horrible like a tape of a player, you know, clocking his soon-to-be wife in the elevator ever emerged, you know, and it finally did. And it's like, they just got caught with their pants down. Yeah. So
1: it's it's a shame because, you know, America loves football. Oh, they do. That's it's a fun game to watch and I'm sure people are bummed out even listening to us talk about it again right. for another week about, you know, how awful it is. But, you know, you're you have a situation here that is being ruled by violent, greedy people. I don't know how that turns out well. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: unless mm-hmm. other people take over. And speaking speaking of violent, greedy people, let's talk about Scotland now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been rewatching Braveheart? <laughs> uh, uh, Liz, I'm on the Outlander. I don't need Braveheart because I feel like I'm living the revolution on Outlander. Oh, there's a lot of talk about the Jacobite uh, uprising this week, Liz. Very okay. exciting. All the men in kilts with their tam o' shanters getting ready for uh, the big battle of Culloden, in which they will be um, skewered and killed. But, uh, Liz. You are really learning a lot. Well, you know, I've been a, I've been an Outlander fan for many years, and it does – if you like the books and it does incite a passion for Scotland, it seems like kind of an interesting place. Again, very much like America. You know, they have that independent spirit. They have their own characteristics, and now they're actually voting this week for independence. And last week, I was all for it. You know, uh, if Alan – You Cumming, were. I listened to the show. You if Alan the- Cumming is for it, I'm for it, Liz. You know, I just think, why not? We had to go through a whole revolution – if they can just vote and be free, great. I mean, who wants to pay for that royal family anymore, Liz? Not me. I enjoy talking about him, but I wouldn't enjoy paying for him. But now, Liz, I'm worried. I'm worried Scotland might actually vote yes. I'm getting a little nervous for them. How are they going to handle independence, Liz? <laughs> yeah, like what happens after the vote? Like, say I don't they know. vote yes. Then who's in charge the next day? I don't that's
1: know. The, that's the part I don't know. Inter- it's not like anyone's running for office, right? It's not like you're voting for a party. Like, remember the election here in California where we had to, like, unseat Gray Davis at, as governor? Yes. Recall the governor. But at the same time, you're electing a new governor, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, we elected Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know. In, the, in that election. But I'm worried that uh, that Scotland doesn't even have the alternative, like, okay,
0: we don't want you people, but... Okay, now, then what happens? Yeah, who steps in? Mel Gibson? I think not. <laughs> Dougal? Dougal Mackenzie from Outlander? Maybe he should just be a figurehead for a while. But I am nervous. So this week, Liz, it is you know some more uh, more looking and research into it. Last week, it was just a gut feeling, like go for <laughs> go for it, Scotland. <laughs> but here's the thing: it was the Prime Minister of England, David Cameron, who said. Sure, let's put that on the ballot. Like he thought, no problem. I'm going to win this, and I'll look like a hero because I've kept the union together. It's literally this once in a lifetime vote that he allowed. He must feel like an idiot. I mean, seems a little cocky, doesn't it? It, it a little does. Cocky. It to does. Have gone
1: along with that plan. It does. Like it, like it
0: never dawned on you that it might go against you, Dave. <sighs> I know I it's really that is a lot of confidence and then the other interesting bit about this yes Scotland versus no you know no thanks that's the other big (laughs) that's the tagline no thanks which is so polite and so very British is that um, it's really drawn across generational lines. So, of course, the young people in Scotland are like, we're done with you, England. So, you know, people under 40 are very enthusiastic about this idea of Scottish independence, where people, you know, over 40 are like, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's, no we, thanks. Have, we made it this far. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I'm just nervous for them. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I, a bloodless revolution. It's nuts. I know. Right,
1: right there in the British Isles. You just wouldn't, you know, it just, and it snuck up on us. It's not, it's not like a political issue that we, we saw coming for a while. I was talking to a guy at work the other day about this and he's Scottish, but he lives in London and his name is actually Hamish. So, you know, he's really Scottish, right? Right. But because he doesn't live in Scotland, he doesn't get to vote. Oh, so it's not like our elections, you know, the US elections, if you're a US citizen, but living abroad, you would still get to vote. He was kind of bitter that in this election, as a Scotsman living just like 300 miles from where he grew up, he is not allowed to vote. And yet people that had arrived much more recently were getting to vote.
0: Who rigged that? David Cameron? (laughs) Who
1: is in charge of that? So, you know, so what that says to me is that literally anything could happen. You know, anything could happen. Uh,
0: You just feel like an idiot if you lost like a giant chunk of your empire. I just... (laughs) You know really as, just
1: kind of gave it away yeah as you bad
0: know. a week as you're having you're like oh gosh that was a bad i mean it's like playing risk and making one bad move and oh but this is a real risk this is actually <laughs> <laughs> like <a> giant empire
1: <sighs> well the uh yeah it's um it'll be kind of a, a fun election return to watch i guess I'm I'm, looking forward i don't know to what it. else to say about it I'm it's looking just forward to it's it. just there there will be kind of winners for the night but there's not winners long term. You know, it's not like, okay, now these people are in charge.
0: Like Well, they'll figure that out after Liz. I, I guess that's uh, how better, it works. They better. That's... It's who looks best in their kilt. I think that's how they're going to settle it. <laughs> you know, because Julie uh is not here, we're not going to discuss well, we we can't do a full outlander discussion. No, I'm all, sorry. All I can say Liz is I'm just so enjoying this. It was a shocking episode this week. Like, just filled uh, with a level of evilness that, you know, really only the NFL could appreciate. There's a shocking level of violence and evilness. And at the end, we get the big payoff because Claire, our time-traveling nurse, is now promised to Jamie, our Highlander. So next week is when we get the big payoff, Liz. The wedding... And the wedding night, which is what we've been waiting for on Highlander. We sifted through a lot of Scottish history. We had to hear a lot of the dark side of the Jacobite revolution. And uh-huh. now, now, Liz, we're finally going to get uh, what we've been waiting for, us Outlander fans. It's very exciting. I'm sorry now, that you're not watching it. Now, w-
1: when that happens, is this, is this happening in the current times or
0: olden days? Olden or? days, Liz. Olden, olden days. days. Okay. She is right. stuck She's a World War II nurse that is stuck in 1745 in Scotland. Wow. Wow! Okay. (laughs) Some days I feel like I'm stuck in (laughs) 1745. wish I was stuck in 1745. Uh You seem to like that whole era. I do. I like the American (laughs) Revolution. I am all for that. The 1700s is one of my favorite eras. You're right. (laughs) If I had to go back in time, which is an excellent question.
2: Where Maybe you should
0: you should set your next novel there. That's yeah. You can handle that. You know, here's the thing. I don't think I'd be good at historical fiction because you have to like write in that language and stuff. But that's, I think that's why I've been very drawn to time travel stories. It's goofy, but I like history, but I also uh-huh. like sort of the spunk of contemporary women. You know, I like yes. their vibe. So right. that's why I like this story. So there okay. you
1: go. So, so the author doesn't really have to figure out how to make authentically 16th century or anything. Thing. Well
0: she does. Like she's oh. done she's a historian. Uh that's you know, uh Diana Gavilan is a historian. That's when she started writing the books. She just picked a time in history that she really liked and got into it and really studied it. So I, I could never do that. I could never like completely so she immerses herself in the time. And so all the other characters, you know, speak in that language and stuff. And I would just feel like a goofball writing like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a literary term. Liz. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it is. Yeah. The, the speaking like a goofball. Feeling like a goofball. Sure.
0: <laughs> sure. So right. um, We had a great um, post on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. You know, we have a lot of fun over there on our group. And it's an open group, so it's anything goes. And for the most part, people do an excellent job of keeping it in the spirit of Satellite Sisters. Yes. And, Liz, I don't know if you saw Chris's post this week where it was just a flock of turkeys crossing her front yard. Okay. That made me laugh
1: so hard, Leah. I know. I loved it. And she was like, what do I do about
0: these turkeys? And I just (laughs) want to read some of the responses. Okay. Heather said, I suggest dressing like a pilgrim during your walks. Okay, it's mating season around here and turkeys are especially bald. So I didn't know that. She said, take your neighbor's dog with you on your daily stroll because that will help, you know, keep the turkeys at bay. Uh, Sherry seemed very knowledgeable about wild turkeys. She said, wild turkeys have a pecking order. No pun intended, of dominance, and may view people or pets who act fearfully as underlings, chasing them or blocking the entrance to homes or cars. Okay. Really? Yeah. So she said the way to establish your dominance over the turkeys is by hazing the turkeys. Okay, so this is what Sherry wants Chris to do. She wants to run out of her house making a lot of noise by waving her arms and yelling or blowing a whistle, popping open an umbrella, throwing tennis balls, or dousing the turkey with water from a hose or squirt gun. Oh, (laughs) Sherry, God bless you. And Chris, if you do that, please have someone taping across the street because that is gold. That's viral video gold right there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is funny. Well, one other Facebook thing I'll mention then is Mary, who's a longtime uh, satellite sister and frequent poster. She posted uh, photos of her wedding this weekend. So, congratulations, Mary. Oh, that fantastic. Right. Like very, very happy occasion. Yeah,
0: Mary and Jean, it was great to see photos of you and the family. It looked, looked fantastic. So, congratulations to you. Um, if you're not over a member of our Facebook group, just go ahead. Um, we have an official page, the satellite. Sisters' page, but we also have an open group, so you can go ahead and join us. Uh, you can follow us at Twitter uh, at Sat Sisters, or you, Liz, your SS Liz, right? Yes, correct. And I am Leon, at Leon Dolan. Uh, so we have lively uh, Twitter discussions too. And anything else going on? So this week, Liz, you're doing nothing. I'm you're doing nothing. Just gonna
1: finish that Z pack. Uh, you know the uh, I'm enjoying the codeine cough syrup and that's pretty much well yeah that's pretty much it i got i got nothing else to to do i haven't uh
0: did you send me a birthday card no you didn't no (laughs) (laughs) and it's our brother jim's birthday today i didn't send him a card i know i
1: so i like my mail arrived while i was gone and so i i haven't quite even opened my mail since i got back on saturday night because i was too
0: wheezy so i think i'll do some of that you know nothing nothing fancy that's all all. My husband's out of town, so I'm doing some, you know, uh, well, mainly just watching TV. No, I have other things to do. I'm reading a lot of books, which I enjoy doing. I'm finally reading The Vacationers by Emma Straub. Have you heard of that I've book? I've heard that that's yeah. fantastic. It's a good book. So far, so good. And then I'm going to a play with a friend of mine on a Thursday night, Liz.
1: Wow, bust, busting out. Liz. I know,
0: but it's here in Pasadena. It's called Happy Days, and it stars Brooke Adams, who's such a good actress, and Tony Shalhoub. So Really? Yeah. Special $10 tickets on a Thursday. So my friend Caroline uh, uh, texted me and said, do you want to go? And you know what? No husband in town. Yeah, I'm going. Let's go. Party on party dude i don't have to cook dinner i don't have to do anything it's so hot here i barely left the house
1: uh, yeah I, I have no intention of leaving the house. Even, even last night i went to go walk ferris after dinner yeah it was so hot out for him imagine you're a hairy dog right and we get outside he's like i am not doing this he, he was he wasn't outside 10 seconds where he just like went right back into the house there was just no no chance he was gonna even walk around the block
0: it is. It is true. I haven't even tried with Mia. It's just way too hot. I walk her once in the morning, and then she sort of looks at me, and then I open the door, and then we both go back. It's <laughs> we hate to whine, but we are. But it's bad. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, that's our show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting Satellite Sisters. And don't forget, call your Satellite
2: Sister. Just where you are